Castillo. Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to the Flight Deck Podcast. It's your boy TK, along with Mr. Omari Brown and Mr. Matthew Freeze. Fellas, we almost there. What's good? Hey, what's up? Uh, we are days, just days away from opening off this season and hopefully setting us on the right trajectory towards winning the championship in the not too distant future. So I'm definitely excited about this this opening week. Going on just a couple days away. I think we got live football tomorrow too, which is going to be at least something to watch. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, excited to get going. Uh, excited for the season to start. Can't wait. Man, I, oh man, it's, it's been a, you know, in, in, in the words of Sam Cooke, it's been a long time coming. And hopefully this year is the beginning of that change that we all hope going to come. Now, we got a lot to talk about, folks. And the, the biggest thing that's, that's, that's out right now, and we talked about this last week, Omari, is all this love that Zach Wilson is getting from everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, from every everywhere. nook and cranny. Every nook and cranny. It's not just coming from his mom either. It's coming from everybody. Yeah. Like, I hadn't seen this this much backsliding since Michael Jackson's prime when he was doing the moonwalk. Bro, I haven't seen this much support or this much positive, uh, you know, this 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 positive narrative about a Jets QB ever. I've never seen this much. Ever. People, were hy- people were hyped about Sam, but then there were still people that, that would bring up his footwork, his... Well, his mechanics, the interceptions, which which turned out to be true. I just think that is I just think it's crazy because everybody has something negative to say about Sam. I mean, sorry about Zach, whether it was his character, yep. which we're going to kind of get into um, his slight frame, yep. which we'll probably get into, um, you know, the, you know, quote unquote, cupcake schedule. BYU plays nobody. Uh, so it's easy. So now, now it's easy for everyone to jump on, like the Marcus Spears of the world and, and somebody else there. We're going to play some audio from somebody that is well-respected in football circles. But Chris Sims. Chris he is Sims, the man. only one. He is the only one. Chris Sims, before, and I won't speak for you guys, Chris Sims is the only one before, even before me, before I got on board. Chris Sims was saying that he was his QB1 before yeah. the throw of the, of the offseason, before – you know, before yeah, everybody started talking about his mental horsepower, yeah, pretty much before all the narratives and all the superlatives came out, Chris Sims was the guy that was saying, like, listen, this guy might be special. And then when you went and you did a deep dive, you start to realize, all right, this guy can do some things that's, that not everyone can. But I don't know. I don't know how to feel. Maybe I'm, you know, just shell-shocked and 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 I'm traumatized from being a Knicks and, and Jets fan. But, but like I said last week, I don't know how to feel, but... No, it does give me some confidence that somebody like Tony Romo has such a you know a glowing <laughs> a glowing report on on our future QB. Um, I know that you got the audio. Yeah. So yeah, I was about to say before we you know get get into it, I wanted to uh, play this little bit from uh, Tony Romo. I think Zach Wilson is going to be in discussion as one of the top three to five quarterbacks very quickly, you know, within the next couple of years. I think you're going to see him rise. I think he's unbelievable. His ceiling is so high. It's rare for me to say someone has the ability to get in the stratosphere of a Mahomes, but I think this kid actually has that ability. Discuss. 
I I cannot listen to that without cringing. Not because I don't believe in Zach Wilson, but because it's just that type, that level. I don't even want to say that type of optimism because we have had some optimism around the franchise in the past, but that level of optimism is just insane to me. I mean, Tony Romo is that dude, right? Like he, he got the big fat contract from, I think, CBS Sports for being one of the best. He was calling out plays before they happened. So he knows what he's talking about. And there's no discrediting him. He was, he's an NFL vet, you know, whatever, but hearing that type of praise for a guy. And then, you know, we heard the whole, you know, in the, in the pre-draft process, like the, the off platform throws like the Mahomes and the Rogers. And we heard all this stuff, but like hearing that exactly what Tony Romo just said, it scares the hell out of me because I feel like it, it kind of puts a little bit of pressure for him to succeed. And now, you know, I mean, all indications are Zach Wilson can handle those, that pressure pretty well. Cause I think today specifically they were asking him about Tony Romo's comments about him and he handled it, you know, as, as, like a, like a seasoned vet, but it just, it's a scary thing to think that someone really can think that highly of a player. I don't even think people were saying that about Mahomes prior to Mahomes coming out. So I don't know, man, it's, it's certainly uh scary to hear. And it's even scary to hear it from a guy as, renowned as uh tony romo so i don't like any of this man and i and i said this last you know last episode i just want every you know my thing is they they the people like to build folks up just to tear them down and i really don't want that for this kid like he 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 has done all the right things he said all the right things you know and and it, this hype train is not his fault. It's a byproduct of, you know, him doing and saying the right things, but people got to chill, man, because as soon as he make a mistake, here they come. So I just wish everybody just chill out, man. You know, and just, just let the kid play. Let, let us see five, six games. Hell, let us see a whole season before we start. Like I've heard, I've heard Marino. I've heard, you know, Mahomes. I've heard like all of these crazy names. He's the next, this, the next, that. Just let him be the first Zach and, and, and do his thing, man, because they're getting ridiculous. People also have to understand that Zach Wilson is going to un- undoubtedly take a lot of lumps in this league. This, the NFL humbles young quarterbacks. There's never been anybody or any QB that I can remember, maybe you know, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, to come in and just not hit the rookie wall or go through a slump. Like, it's, it's, it's going to happen. And the, the thing that makes me – uh, the thing, the thing that makes me not panic is the way that Zach carries himself and the way that he answers and the way that he even responded today, just saying, you know, that's cool. But you know, Tony Romo can't predict the future, neither can I. And I, and I'm not going to take you know the highs too high and and the lows too low. And, and that's just a perfect answer that that is going to be Lovely. because yeah, there's going to be ebbs and flows during the season, just like there's ebbs and flows in life. And I think that if Zach and, – and I think the environment is big too. He's, he doesn't feel like he has to shoulder the entire franchise. And I think that once he was picked, Robert Silas set the tone. So I thought that it was great. Um, one thing one thing that I, that I dislike is that now everyone's just trying to be – everyone wants to – just in case that he is a superstar, everyone wants to say that they were first. You know, and I, and I, and a lot of the times with these media outlets and these media personalities, sometimes they they're not always always trying to be right. They're just trying to be first. So you know, when and we if we hope Zach does turn into a superstar, Tony Romo wants to say, "Hey, listen, I said this three years ago when I first saw this kid play." Marcus Spears is going to say, "I said this years ago when you know we saw this kid play in the 
in, in the preseason. So I, I think that that's a little bit dangerous as well, too. But I don't know. We just got to let this kid start. And Matt, to what you said, like nobody even said that about Mahomes because he was like the first one and he was coming out of Texas Tech. So there were a lot of questions about people about the uh, about the Chiefs moving up. I think they moved up like 14 spots to get him as well, too. And they already had a QB in-house and Alex Smith. The thing about Mahomes that I love is that Mahomes actually got an entire year to sit and learn. And Mahomes also has Andy Reid. And I feel like if you put a marginal QB in Andy Reid's system, they could become great. If you put a supremely talented and a great QB in Andy Reid's system, you kind of see, and you actually let them learn the game at a slower pace, you're, you know, you're, you're kind of watching one of the best QBs probably to ever do it from a natural talent standpoint in Mahomes. And so hopefully the Jets are surrounding him with that, with that kind of talent. One thing that I, one thing that, do you guys have anything else to add? I just wanted to quickly add that, like, to your point about Mahomes is, yes, he was kind of the, the first, but there was, you know, again, to your point, someone always wanted to be first on him. And I can't quite put my finger on who it was. It might have been like Matt Miller from like Bleacher Report or there's always that one guy that wants to be first. But I'll tell you one person that isn't going to be first and he's hoping Zach Wilson fails because he's been hoping since the day he was drafted and and replaced Sam Donald is coward because he's the only one that I can see of the mainstream, you know, guys that have a huge following that's just sitting on the opposite side of the aisle. That's just like waiting in like the shadows, seeing all this and just waiting to pounce for that one game where he just throws three picks and has like, you know, 150 yards or something like that. It's just, I don't know, man. It's the, the praise and the, the, the over the top praise that he's getting, getting from like a lot of these people. It's just, it's just scaring me, I guess. Yeah, it's Cowherd also said that Jets fans don't know anything because whenever Jets fans are against something, that means that it's good. He said that Sam Darnold was really good. He said that he was the best QB in that class. And he also said that Adam Gase was a good hire. So I think that we should actually be excited if Colin, if Colin Cowherd doesn't like Zach Wilson. So, uh, yeah, I, I like Colin. And he, he's always, you know, he's always a contrarian. And, and you, and you kind of need those. But I don't know. With these young QBs, it's just – I know that we have this constant 24 hour news cycle and I know that football is basically America's pastime now, but we just, we just, we just have to wait and see. You just have to wait and see. Cause a lot of the, a lot of QB success is predicated on a lot of things, man. Like, like we're watching that right now with the giants. I think the, I think the giants, I think, I don't think Daniel Jones is as bad as giants fans think, but you, you know, you think about what the giants have done that offensive line that's they'll probably never find out if Daniel Jones is the right QB or not. That's Sam Donald, exactly. Sam Donald could could have been a really good QB, but the judge did a disservice to him. And you know we're not going to get into that anyway. But one thing that I do like, I love, I love Zach Wilson's, I love Zach Wilson's resolve, and I love, and I just love all the stories that I'm hearing about him. And I know this is the honeymoon right now, but did you guys hear about the story about Zach um, coming to ask Salah? How does his how does his uh, cover three different from other the way the other teams run their cover three? And they had a conversation what late into the night one night at training camp. He got he got like sent home, right? Yeah, he was like, "Listen, man, you got to go home and get some sleep." So he's trying to understand how defenses. He's trying to understand the philosophies of defenses and how they're trying to attack offenses. So he's trying to get a better understanding of the game, and I absolutely love that. So I, I mean. You know, when you've been deprived of QB talent for so long, it's easy to get hyped. But just some of the stories, I think that Zach has slowly but surely proven everybody wrong. Just like, you know, the the the, the Walter Cherpinskis of the world and the Charlie Campbells of the world saying that he was entitled, he was a brat. Well, 
today, Zach Wilson, the Jets announced five captains. Young Zach Wilson was a part of those captains. So if uh, for the audience out there, the Jets announced five captains. And um, it's usually it's going to be six captains weekly, but the sixth captain is going to be a weekly captain. So Zach Wilson, Corey Davis, Justin Hardy, C.J. Mosley, and Foley Fadokasi are the five uh, permanent captains. And then there'll be a, a six weekly captain. So um, guys, discuss. TK, what do, um, what do you think about the captains that were chosen? So I like them, you know. And honestly, I, you know, Zach talked about his situation at, at, at Brigham Young and why he didn't get picked because they didn't know he was a starter, so on and so forth. You know, you got all of that going on back then and then the whole big ordeal about him not being a captain. But then you see how he's named now, how the team just automatically gravitates towards him and rallies around him. That just lets you know what type of person that he is, man. And they not only respect him as a person, they respect his work ethic, respect what he does on the field. So I I love that. Um, I also, um, I like that the coaches will pick one captain, you know, every, every game. That's like, it, it, for me, that that's sort of like an incentive to get out there every week and practice to bust your ass because you want, you know, you want to be named captain for that week. So I like it, man. Um, you know, you, you got the, the, the most, well, I guess not the most veteran wide receiver, but the best wide receiver right now on paper, you know, Corey Davis as, as a captain and, I like that they had Justin Hardy, the the special teams ace as a captain. Like, man, they, they just hitting all the right notes for me with with the things that they're doing. And, and you know, I, I just feel like we finally getting it right. We hadn't got it right, but we're getting it right. And it's, it's showing through, you know, the front office, the coaches, and, and the players. So I hope all of that translates to great play on the field. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I, I definitely love the Zach Wilson being a captain pick. It puts a lot of the the narrative that everyone was trying to drive all, you know, pre-draft up until now. It puts that all to sleep because Zach Wilson is that guy. He's putting in the extra work and and he even said it in his press conference. Like he's not always going to be that vocal leader all the time, but quarterbacks are pretty much expected. They're expected to be captains of the team. They're expected to be leaders, guys, you know, a player that guys can go to on both sides of the ball and they can feel comfortable talking about, you know, what they see, what's going on on the field and, and, you know, maybe personal stuff outside of football, who knows? But I mean, without a doubt, it's, it's a nice thing to see Zach Wilson earned it. And every, you know, for everyone listening, it was voted on by the players. I'm fairly certain. So it was, yeah, it was, it was voted on by the players. So, I mean, this isn't the coaches just, you know, handpicking the guys just, you know, to fit or to, to reduce the narrative that's going on, which is a beautiful thing to see, quite frankly. And then another person, Corey Davis, who, you know, first year with the team, you see it with him. You see why he was selected as captain. The dude puts in the work. Does the, I mean, one jet drive obviously isn't showing us everything, but the dude puts in the work. I watched the press conferences after most of the practices no complaints, no, 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 nothing. He just puts in the work and guys look at that and see, they, they buy into that just as much as they, they would buy into the head coach. So, I mean, I, you know, beyond that Foley easy pick, I think that, you know, he's developed well in our system and he, um, from, you know, the press conferences I've seen when he spoke about loss and the loss of loss and how that would affect everyone. That was, you know, he handled it well, Hardy, I'm sure also um, just one more quick note on Corey Davis is, even in his his presser after being named 
a captain today. He even said, he's like, I'm not the most vocal leader, but I think that the way I work, you know, really shows off to the, to our teammates. And quite clearly, if this was a, a player vote, they, they see that too. And I'm hoping that this leads to results on the field, like you said, uh, TK. So, I mean, it, it's definitely, I think, working in the right direction, so to speak. So I'm happy to see that. Um, I think they were great picks for captains. And, and yeah, hopefully it translates to, to some success on the field. Yeah, I absolutely love all these picks when you think about it. Every, every time that, that we approach free agency, it seemed like the last few years the Jets have always approached free agency. Um, like they, sh- they should have been targeting guys that, that, that probably – weren't they're, they're probably like those those B tier, like the second tier guys. You want those younger guys that they're probably going to play for another contract. So it's great that Corey Davis is there because he fits that description. He's a young guy who's probably going to play. He's gonna, definitely going to be playing for another contract, and he's going to be playing into himself into a big contract if he does pr- produce on this. So I love the Corey Davis pick. He's a culture changer. Everything that they that that you heard about from. Uh, their their pursuit his their free agent pursuit to everything like you said Matt they've shown on one jet's drive to just his work ethic I think that that was uh, a no brainer CJ is definitely these are all guys that lead by example CJ Mosley's a bowler he's a four time Pro Bowler so I'm sure that he commands a lot of respect on that team especially on a younger team Zach it's just beautiful to see your rookie franchise hopefully QB be a uh, selected a captain. Justin Hardy, another guy that was brought in, a special teams ace. And, I mean, from his introductory press conference, he's going to be a fan favorite here. He just talked about heart, working hard, and just basically scrapping for everything that you got. And Foley, if you watch, the, if you watch One Jets Drive and, and you watch a lot of the, uh, the team drills and practices, you see Foley breaking down the team a lot. He's very vocal. Um, and Foley's turned himself into a really good player, too. He's a, he's a local kid. He's a sixth-round pick. And, you know, we've said it on here. If you guys can go back a couple episodes, we think that Foley is the early extension candidate. And I think the Jets would do themselves a service to lock him up now because I think he's going to be in line to have a monster year, especially if he adds any pass rush ability to his game. Foley Fadokasi might get more, end up getting more snaps than Sheldon Rankins. And, uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about um, the depth chart coming up soon. Foley's actually the starter at the one tech. So, so that's going to be, that's going to be a huge thing uh, in there, but I absolutely love all these captains. Uh, You really can't complain because it was picked by the players. So these guys are in the locker room every day, excuse me. And, you know, if if they, they see these guys work all the time. So uh, I think that there's no, you know, there's no real downside to that. So you guys got anything to add on the captain picks? No, no, uh, no, I, I saw a good point. Uh, people were kind of, I guess, trying to drive a narrative. I, I, who was it in reference to? I'm trying to remember. Oh, Marcus May not being named a captain. Oh, was yeah. last year. There was this kind of narrative or, you know, whatever. But I don't think that has anything to do with Marcus May as a person or, or any or a player or anything like that. I just think yeah. that. It's a fresh start, new regime, and it was just voted on by players. But of course, the the, the narr- there always needs to be some sort of narrative in, in the media is that, oh, the reason, you know, Marcus May wasn't, you know, picked as a captain isn't going to bode well for the locker room or something like that, which I just I, I, yeah. I just think that people don't want to see us have success sometimes. And that starts right at our beat writers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel that the beat writers, their job is to agitate uh, one, one guy from the New York Post 
I don't know. It's the, it's the opening week of the season yet. He's talking about all the steps that that Woody Johnson took to make to have the Jets in the position of not, you know, not making the playoffs. Yeah, no, I didn't want to say his name, but yeah. And um, yeah, it's just it's just weird. But I just think that beat writers like it's their job to agitate. And I know a lot of the editors write their, um, you know, tell them what to write and write their headlines. But um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter that Marcus May wasn't selected as a captain because I believe that something crazy like 80% of the roster is, has been turned over. So these guys have never, most of these guys have never even played with Marcus May before. So yeah, it, does, yeah, it, it doesn't always, it doesn't always work like that. Usually the best player, like Foley isn't the best player on the defense. You know, Zach, you know, up to this point, you know, he probably isn't the best player on defense. I mean, on the offense. So it's not always about the best player and who's the longest tenured and stuff like that. So it's it's a completely different roster. And most of these guys, they, they you know, they're seeing Marcus May for the first time. But C.J. Mosley is a guy like C.J. Mosley. Like, you know, he, he's a he's a pro bowler. He's a baller. Like, I, you know, he's come in in great shape. He's been there since the beginning. Marcus May missed some time. It's, you know, like, like all that takes him, you know, um, comes into account. Uh, TK, you got anything else to add? Nah. Nah? Nah. All right. All right, cool. Also, the Jets, the Jets released their official depth chart uh, leading into week one. Um, they had, there weren't really any surprises. Um, first thing we, uh, the first thing you'll notice is that the right tackle spot, there, there still hasn't been named a starter. So it says George Fant slash Morgan Moses. Um, Matt, who do you think is going to win that battle? Uh, I think, uh, I think Morgan Moses is going to win it only because Morgan Moses graded out it as one of the better run blockers in the NFL. And we already kind of have established that we think that they're going to predicate a lot of the offense around running you know, running the ball. And I mean, specifically running to the left, just because we got Beckton and, and AVT on that side, but Morgan Moses is one of the better run blockers in the, uh, in the NFL. So I'd venture to guess that it would be him, but that's not to say that Fant also doesn't deserve a shot, but it's also just, you know, stick with what you think the strengths of the team are going to be. And I do think that we can all agree that our running back room has some depth. We're going to have to rely on it for most of the season. Um, so, you know, stick, stick with Morgan Moses if I had to guess. But that's also not precluding me from potentially pulling him if he struggles. I mean, we're going against a tough defense week one. You know, they got some they got some pass rushers on that side of the ball. So, you know, if, if there's early struggle from whomever the starter is, because we don't know, this is just me, you know, guessing from whoever the starter is, I wouldn't be surprised if they, you know, take the quick hook and, and replace him right off the bat within one or two quarters. But, I mean, if I had to take a guess today – I would say it was Morgan Moses. And I don't think either of them really did anything to prove that they deserve it over the other. I think they both had relatively solid preseasons because I know that they did move George Fant to the left side also. So I yeah, mean, if I had to guess Morgan Moses. Yeah. yeah, the only thing about that is I, I think the I think Mo, Morgan Moses makes it just because just because what we said, I think they're gonna run the ball at least sixty-five percent of the time. So you just you definitely want to have the best run run blocker in there. Um Morgan Moses is not fleet of foot, and he does struggle against edge rushers, speed edge rushers specifically. And Brian Burns is going to be one of the best speed edge rushers that they're going to face this entire season. And Hassan Hassan Reddick is is no slouch either. Now, I wouldn't really call him like he's not a speed rusher in the mold of Burns, but he can challenge and and push the edge. 
Also, just because back then, I feel like back then has dealt with, uh, you know, he's been nicked up. And even though he's been cleared, he's been full go and he's had a concussion protocol. I think if anything happens, I think George Trent ends up being that uh, that swing tackle. I think we're also going to probably see some um, some extra O-line work, too. I think George, George Trent will probably get maybe 10, 11 snaps as an extra, maybe as a jumbo tight end or maybe as an extra lineman. Uh, he can yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to see that, but yeah. <laughs> who do, who do you think ultimately wins that that battle? Um, I, I think, I think I'm, I'm inclined to agree with y'all, but what I do like about this, and and I could be wrong, but with it going down to the wire with these two like this, it seems to me like they are, you know, battling it out for real. Yeah, legit and, competition. Yeah, like it's legit competition, something we've been craving for years. You know, you and I talk about that a lot since we first met, you know. So it seems like they are really going all the way with this. And the best man will win. And I think that just happens to be Morgan Moses, not because he might be the overall better player, but he's best at the system. If You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like running the ball, he's, he's a mauler. And I think in passing downs, they'll chip to his side and help him if they need to. But, you know, to run that ball, he's the guy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, let's see. Anything else that stands out for the offense? Uh, I think we all know that it's going to be running back by committee. So seeing Tevin Coleman as RB1 doesn't really uh, bother us at all. Well, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, I don't want to speak for you guys. But I think that I think I think Ty Johnson needs to be the bell cow. I think if they if they run the ball, let's say 35, 40 times, Ty Johnson should be getting 20 to 25 rushes, or at least 15 to 20, with Michael Carter getting, you know, the second most. That's just that's just my feeling on that. Uh what do you guys think the running back rotation is gonna be? Uh I think you gotta start with Ty Johnson getting the bulk of the carries. Um LaMichael Piron, no real idea what where his status is right now for week one. I think it's still kind of up in the air. Still up in the air. I think he was uh, he was limited at practice today. I don't. I can see Tevin Coleman and Michael Carter splitting like the third down reps just because they have you know proven hands. I mm-hmm. haven't really seen Ty Johnson come out of the backfield catching passes in part because of scheme last year, but also in part you know just because I think Tevin Coleman's familiar with the system a little bit better because of his 49er days. And then probably a Michael better blocker Carter. too. Yeah. And, and, and Michael Carter is, you know, Michael Carter. And I think we all agree that he, sh- he could very well be a one, two and three down back. But, sure. you know, when you have when you're five deep at, at, you know, running back, especially now that we signed Josh Adams, who's just, you know, he's the third and two guy right off the bat. So, you know, that that is what it is. But when you have this much depth at the running back position, then you, you have the luxury, I guess you can say. To, to rotate and always have fresh legs. So I think the bulk of the carries have to go to Ty Johnson. There's no excuse not to run the ball. I would say 25, 30 times a game minimum, if I'm being honest, because you have all these backs. Bulk of the carries, like you said, 15 to 20, got to go to Ty Johnson. The rest of them, I mean, you're hoping that you're not in third down a lot, but it always obviously happens. But you just play it by scenario. If it's third and short, you're going to go Josh Adams, because we've all said we've never seen Josh Adams take a step back or get negative yards. The dude averaged like – five yards per carry last year, something insane, which obviously limited carries, but still, you know, nonetheless, the dude doesn't go backwards. But then Michael Carter on like the third and intermediate and, and, and Tevin Coleman also on the third and intermediate. But I think both of the carries, Ty Johnson, third downs, 
depends on the scenario, but I'd go Tevin Coleman and Michael Carter for uh, passing and uh, Josh Adams for third and short. Gotcha. That, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of where I was leaning. Um, honestly, I think Ty Johnson has earned the, the start. Um, you guys knew, know from the jump, I wasn't high on Tevin Cole. Um, and honestly, you know, if he if he didn't start or didn't play much, it, it really wouldn't bother me. Like, we know he's not a part of the future. You know what I'm saying? So you got these young cats with Ty, you know, Ty Johnson and, you know, Michael Carter and Josh Adams. Like, feed them all. Let's see what they got, you know, this year. And we can move forward with it next year because – this year is not about winning, honestly. You know, it's about building that foundation and, and really seeing what we're working with. So I think Ty Johnson should get the lion's share, you know, with Michael Carter, and Adam should be the next guy spelling them. And and you know, that's that's where I'm at with. No, for sure. I think the one other thing that I saw on the depth chart that I want to kind of highlight is uh Dan Feeney didn't win the job, TK. So, uh, um, about that, we, we talked about that. Ep- we we was having that episode. I was drinking, so I don't. I don't. You know, I don't. Oh, know it doesn't. It doesn't count. Nah, nah. You know, I, I want a mullet and a mulligan because it it doesn't count, man. So oh, okay. right. you know, but I appreciate you know you bringing that back to my attention, good sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I think I thought one of us had to. And I, I wanted to be the guy because I've been holding that in since they announced it. <laughs> yeah, you know, man, he 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 really did make me my words. Like I really, honestly thought that he would, you know, work for this this offense because, like I said earlier, you know, that episode he ran this offense in college. He was an All American lineman with this blocking scheme. So, you know, maybe if he lifting more weights and less beers. Shit, I, I don't know. Maybe he would be better, so he got well, me. Well, I clearly know y'all talking about Feeney right now. If Feeney's in the game, we're going to be in some trouble. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, my Wi-Fi went out, so I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure that we went to the offensive uh, line after that. Uh, yeah, we moved, we moved. I just made light of the fact that Dan Feeney didn't win a starting job. And honestly, oh, no, no, no. He, no, he did not. He did not. I saw two man, I saw Dan Feeney on the floor way too much. But you know, he's a fan favorite, so you know, and Tyrus likes him. I don't even remember what, what was our bet? Uh I, I forget. Yeah, I, we gotta yeah. we gotta have to go back and check. I think I think they gotta grow out a mullet. Or wear like a mullet wig for like one yeah, or two episodes, yeah, something or a live stream. We'll save like it that. for a live stream in uh next offseason, but um next draft. next draft. Yeah, yeah exactly. I gotta I gotta wear a mullet wig. And, and take pictures and post it on the site and, and all of that. So sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. But um, who did list as the golden tight end real quick? Because I Tyler, I Tyler Croft. It is Croft. Okay, because yeah, I'm looking Croft. at another list and it says Ryan Griffin. I'm kind of no, 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 no. It's, it's Tyler Croft, Ryan Griffin, Daniel Brown, and I think Daniel Brown is strictly for special teams purposes. I'm going to say, I, and I hope that they don't. If they're going to run any sort of twelve personnel anything which is two tight ends, one back, or 22 personnel, anything like that. I hope that it's Wesco as the other tight end. Wesco and Croft, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't want to see Ryan Griffin or Daniel Brown at all unless it's hey, the Gunners on kickoff. I, I really got to say you brought a Wesco, man. I, I like that, that he's developing. 
Like I, he, I think that yeah, he's he's underrated. I know a lot of Jets fans don't like him, but I think that he's he's a nice little gadget player. He's a tweener. Uh, he's learning how to catch the ball a little bit better. He's always been a willing blocker. I think that he's going to emerge as as a decent little piece in this system. Yeah, like he he wasn't real high on on my list or anybody's list coming out of West Virginia, but the guy has really grown on me, man. He's shown his worth and his medal, man. So I'm I'm glad to see it. I think his versatility is going to be really good in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if he has like 350 or 400 yards with about maybe 28 to 35 receptions. I think that that will be a great year for Trevin Wesco. And I think that is only going to grow. I think he's going to be a great value, Tyrus. We talked about this, uh, you know, a, a great value, Kyle Jusick. So and I think that um, I think that that's going to be his ceiling. And I, I would honestly, love man, to see that. I would I would love for that as well too. Um, I know they keep listing three wide receivers that's going to start. I doubt that that's going to happen. I think Elijah Moore is going to be. I think he's probably going to come out. Do you guys think that he'll come out and be the X, or you think that's going to be Keelan Cole? I think it's going to be Cole. Okay. You know, I. So man, maybe they, uh, so maybe they come out in a in a trip set. Yeah. Or two by yeah or two by one set. I think Elijah Moore is going to be uh, heavily in this game plan. I feel especially with Crowder being on the COVID COVID IL right now and not his, his status is still up in the air right now. I yeah. mean, Elijah Moore kind of just slots in and people were saying like, if Elijah Moore is in right off the, you know, right off the cuff, Jameson might not even see as many reps as he would have if he didn't get COVID in the first place. So, I mean, this could be a classic case of maybe a Wally Pip type thing in, in football where it's just, he, he, gets the bulk of the reps. And honestly, when you look at, and we're going to get into it a little bit later, but when you look at the matchups with, with the, in our first week, I mean, they got, you know, some two pretty solid corners, but that slot slot corner is a little bit of a, a question mark. And if you're going to put Elijah Moore against a slot corner, that isn't, you know, Bryce Callahan, I like our odds as much as, uh, as much as I guess I can believe. Yeah. Yeah. Cause our uh, Crowder still has to, um, come up negative in two COVID tests before the hey, he's vaccinated. So he should be okay, but, but we'll see that. So if he, if he, you know, if he, if he is able to play, I think that that's going to work well, that's going to work well in the Jets favor. We're going to see a lot of um, probably like trips, you know, three by one or a lot of two by two sets. So that'll mm-hmm. be great for the Jets as well too. So, I, I mean, I'm pretty confident in this offensive group right now. We, I think that a lot of holes are plugged this off season. I think they did a great job identifying offensive line talent, which they needed. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing. We'll talk about the matchups. I'm really looking forward to see Elijah Vera Tucker because we didn't get a chance to see him. So if he's the goods. I think that this is going to be this is going to be a, a very surprising unit. Uh, switching over to the off uh, to the defense. One thing that surprised me is that uh, they didn't list a, a CB two. So right now it's it's basically all the young guys. It's uh, Isaiah Dunn, Eccles, and Pinnock. Uh, we all think that it's going to be Echoes just because he's been CB2 the entire um, preseason camp and training camp, and he's been performing well. What he's made the most noise. Yeah, he's yeah. I mean, he's definitely had the most flash plays. Uh, the only thing I remember about Isaiah Dunn is, is not getting his head around in, in Philly. Um, what did surprise me, and you guys can tell me if it surprised you, is that uh, Bryce Huff is listed as the starter at DN and not the newly acquired Shaq Lawson. And um, we already knew that there's going to be two rookie linebackers. So, uh, did that surprise you guys at all? Seeing that Shaq Lawson isn't going to be uh, no. in the in the starting lineup, it, it didn't. It didn't for me. Um, and I think it's more so because of uh, familiarity. Like you know, 
give Lawson time to get acquainted with the system, get acquainted with the other players. And, you know, like Huff has been there since last year, or, you know, since the offseason workouts and all of that. So he he's more familiar with everything, the calls and all of that. And I mean, let's be real. We know Shaq is going to get in there and and get, you know, his his snaps as well. So I think it's more of a formality thing right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if Shaq ended up starting down the line unless Huff comes out and just just goes bananas. Then, you know, we'll we'll have something then. Yeah, no, I I agree. I don't I think it's more of a familiarity thing, but I mean the way they kind of make it seem with this defense is across the defensive line, it's just kind of very simple. It's just pin your ears back and go. So I don't know how familiar he'd have to get with this. I think this could just be a case of Bryce Huff earned that job. He did. He's earned that job with his hard work over the offseason and then what he's done in the preseason from the first game to the third game. He's earned that job. I don't think you can justify bringing in Shaq Lawson and then just, you know, handing him the job when he hasn't done anything to earn it for this team. Maybe for a different team, sure, but not for this team. So, But also this could be a case of what we've been saying all offseason is that they're going to have fresh legs. I mean, yeah, Carl Lawson's gone, but they're, this is going to kind of be, you know, shuffling the offensive line by committee. I mean, I, 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 again, I don't know if I'm looking at the right one or not. Do they have Foley listed as the starting? He's got a, a side cue, and Sheldon Rankins is going to be shuffling in at that, you know, across the D-line also. So I think this is just a case of Bryce Huff earned it in blood and sweat. He's going to start, you know, start off the game, but we're going to see a rotation across the line. We're going to see – JFM move across the line. We're going to see all these guys shuffle in and out. And I, I think, like you said, TK, it's just kind of a formality thing for now. But I, I don't think that there's a, a really deemed starter. I think they're all starters. It's just how do you want to line up on that drive, on that, you know, against that team? Yeah, I think, to, especially to start the season, I think early downs is definitely going to be Foley. That's why I said that if he adds any pass rush ability to his game, then that's going to take him to another stratosphere. Right now, I think that they just because Sheldon Rangers has had some injury um, issues in the past, I think that's you know, we'll probably see him as the, as the pass rush interior. Um, my worry with Bryce Huff, I think this year he should have just been strictly a designated pass rusher. Obviously, the, the injury to Carl Lawson kind of expedites his, his development. That's the only reason why I was saying that Shaq Lawson should, should probably be the starter because I trust Shaq Lawson to set the edge and to do better in the run game than I do with Bryce Huff. Um, yeah, yeah, the Foley Foley starting kind of threw me off because I just assumed that it would be Sheldon Rankins and and Q, but it makes more sense that Sheldon Rankins, you really want him as that interior pass rusher, so you yeah. want him coming in fresh and keeping him. I've heard a lot of good things about Tim Ward. Have you guys heard about uh, Tim Ward, the guy that they got from Kansas City? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a he's a long dude, six six, uh, yeah, two two sixty. He was with Kansas City and. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a he's a he's Didn't a high he effort. Game stealing sack in, in the in the uh, championship game. I'm pretty sure he did. Possibly, possibly, but yeah, I, I've heard a lot of good things, and people saying that that he that he might be this year's JFM as I, far as I like you know, under the radar. Yeah, and, really, uh, he, yeah, yeah, really long. So, and he, uh, you know, he he's from Conference USA. Um, yeah, Old Dominion, right? Yeah, and that's that's yeah. where you know school I went to, Southern Miss. You know, that was. Our conference. I was, you know, familiar with him, but um, I, you know, I was, I, I like the pickup, man. It, they're doing the due diligence. They're not leaving any stones unturned. And if you watched him, you know, in the preseason, you go back and look at some of the things he did. But he gets after it. Like his motor is relentless. 
and you need that in the fourth quarter. Yeah. To, uh, you know, trying to win the war of attrition. So he's a good pickup, man. I, I like it. Yeah, I was going to say that. He was saying that his calling card is his motor. That uh, that what that his D-line coach in college told him that uh, what you can control is your effort and going all out on every play. And that's something that you definitely want from some somebody that's a rotational piece for your team. Um, uh, one news, uh, some news that, that was uh, kind of, uh, we don't want to say shocking, but definitely interesting, is that this week, C.J. Mosley is going to be playing the Will, Jamie and Sherwood is going to be playing the Mike, and Himes is going to be playing the Sam. Uh, but C.J. Mosley is still going to be calling the, the defense as he'll have the uh, – the uh, the microphone and his helmet. So what I was telling the what I was you know what we talked about pre pre snap pre snap <laughs> pre before uh, in some pre production. I'm saying that they're probably doing this now because Mosley's probably going to have more coverage uh, responsibilities, uh, specifically covering uh, Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield. And we all saw how Sherwood was kind of exposed. In, in space and in coverage in that Philly game, I think that Robert Sala is probably doing this so to maybe he only has to you know drop you know drop hook to curl or or they they're probably trying to alleviate some of the coverage responsibilities that he has. So uh, what what really shocked you guys about learning about that, uh, Matt? Uh, I mean I don't know. I think it, it's tough because I envision. Mosley losing all that weight down to 231, playing, you know, right in the middle in a 4-3 and, and being in coverage more often than not, especially given the matchup we're going to have. I think you, when you put a rookie in, the, we said that, that Hamza is going to be in the middle, correct? No, Sherwood. Oh, I'm sorry. Jamie Sherwood is going to be in the middle. Like, yeah, I guess it's more of an instinctual position, but are they going to be rotating, you know, Mosley into that position when it comes to more, you know, zone coverage up the middle, like cover two stuff, or what, what's really going to be going on there? It, it, it shocked me a little bit. I mean, I think we all kind of highlighted that Jamie and Sherwood kind of looked a little lost in that last preseason game. I think that's um, why they, I think that's why they're doing that though. Cause the will part is in this defense is probably going to have more, probably more of an impact yeah, yeah. and more and more uh, coverage responsibilities too. You, you can't like, uh, just think about it. Like uh, a lot of these teams, they do, they do a lot of misdirection and the running back goes, you know, attacks the weak side of the defense. That's why Fred Warner is so, you know, that's valuable. why Fred Warner is yeah, so valuable in what he does. And a lot of the wills for these teams are, are valuable. So I just think that they're, they're trying to do that to alleviate some of the responsibility. They're trying to simplify sure. it a little bit. Yeah. Not asking to do too much. I don't know. I didn't really think of it like that. I thought I just always envisioned, especially with that weight loss, CJ Mosley just kind of sitting in the middle lurking. But I mean, yeah. especially with Sam, especially with Sam Donald being the type of quarterback where he could roll out and he could, he, he could scoot a little bit and, and run. So, you know, maybe, you know, QB spy occasionally, who knows, but that's kind of what I envisioned. Am I shocked? Not really. Cause I think, like you said, if you can simplify what you're asking Sherwood to do, and do exactly what we've always said good coaches do, which is put their players in the best position to succeed, especially young rookies where their confidence isn't there yet, then I guess that it makes sense. But I'm going to be honest with you, it's a little confusing. Yeah, but if that's indeed what they're going to be doing is just simplifying for them, I'm all for it. But I'll tell you one thing, I'm excited for Hamza. When, when they're, when, when, when I don't, I'm not too familiar with the Panthers, Panthers offense, but if they're running that stretch, you know, to, to the, the strong side or something like that, I'm excited to see how fast Hamza comes off that back end and just blows up the play. If I'm being honest, cause he played, he played safety in college and, and you know, he's got some coverage skills, but he got a really pretty damn good closing speed too. 
Yeah, I think that's going to be the benefit of having converted safeties at linebacker now. I think the team is going to be a lot faster. I worry about them holding up at the point of attack when they're coming right at you, but uh, east to west side on the sideline, I have no qualms whatsoever about those three guys getting it done. And a lot of, and, and maybe playing Will, um, maybe, I, I, don't, I don't really know, because some of their keys could be different. I know some defenses, they want you to stretch out the run, and some, defense, some defenses want you to set the edge and then turn it back in. But they want them to turn everything back in. They're probably funneling all these plays to CJ Mosley, which is really going to make sense because he's going to stop all the cutbacks. Hopefully, if they turn everything back in, you got Mosley scraping over to clean up uh, all, all the trash on that backside. Um, what um, Did that surprise you at all, Tyrus? Um, yeah, it, it really did. Um, like, I automatically just knew CJ would be, you know, the man in the middle. But, you know, after listening to, you know, the way you broke it down and explained it, it actually makes a lot more sense. Um, and maybe, maybe they'll move if, if, if Sherwood, you know, shows the propensity to be able to handle it, but, and it could change from week to week, man. Like I I was, I was just thinking, I said, this could be a matchup type thing as well too. Yeah. Like it could change from week to week because (laughs) McCaffrey is a dog and he's, he's he's gonna, you know, you, you can only hope to slow him down. You won't stop it. So yeah. I think CJ might be the best one to try to neutralize him and, and, you know, Nazardine uh, on the outside to try to neutralize him because let's be real, their guard situation right now is trash. So we don't expect them to run up the middle to Foley and Q and, and company, you know what I'm saying? So they're hiding Sherwood for lack of a better word this week in that middle. So, you know, it is, it, it was surprising at first and then the, re- the realization of it all hit me and, I get it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, and to be, I mean, let's be real. Jared Davis doesn't get hurt. CJ Mosley's playing middle. So, yes, yes. So they're doing this out of, out of necessity. Uh, did you guys also hear that uh, Robert Salo said that even though Hamza is the starter, that Blake Cashman is pushing him to start? Yeah, I, didn't, he I didn't hear it, but I'm happy to hear it. I didn't it. hear that. I'm yeah, happy to hear that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he mentioned that today too. So, so that's all. That's always good too to hear that Blake Cashman is, is probably um pushing for that. Honestly, I can see a situation where Hamza stays at Sam and then uh, Cashman plays well if Sherwood is still struggling in coverage. So we can see something like that until Jared Davis comes back. So, so that'll be good too. Um, let's see if there's anything else with, with this depth chart that kind of stuck out to me. Um, any surprise that Braxton Berrios is the kicker, is the returner, punting kick no. returner? No, not at all. No, gotcha. No, yeah, I saw some like, Jeff fans, I saw some Jeff fans kind of complain about that, but I mean, honestly, I like Berrios at punt return because he actually catches the damn ball. And I feel like I don't I, feel nearly as worried. Yeah, watch him go. No, like, I, I have, yeah, I know, uh, right? I, I have zero, zero problems with that, man. Like, uh, not last year, but the year before, I believe he was like in the in the top three, um, in you know return, uh, return yards, per, return yeah. yards, yards yeah. per return, yeah, yeah, return uh, yards per return and, and and whatnot. So, like, I, again, man, they're 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 hitting the right notes, man. Like they they're putting the right people in the right spots, um, and you know if if he doesn't work out. Cool, you tried. You also have um, – we also got uh, Keelan Cole 
Michael hey, Carter. We got, we got Michael Carter. We got Elijah Moore. Hell, James Crowder can return punts. Ty Johnson return too. Yeah, Ty like, Johnson returns. So, like, we have like, very capable people on special teams to return punts and kicks, which we hadn't always had. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, again, uh, uh, another another good 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 spot that we in. Yeah, man. Yeah, and all those guys have juice. All those guys are fast guys, like four, three, four, four guys. So I'm really, I'm not worried about that at all. Um, I'm glad that Matt Amendola, you know, took took over the job and made some kicks. So hopefully the Jets won't be, you know, missing field goals all over the place. And and we all love Braden Man. So I think that that that's easy. Got a leg. Yes, he does. Mobile kicker. Yeah. Hunter. I want to get into some matchups, um, some advantages and disadvantages. Um, I'll go first if you guys don't have any. Just just kind of looking and previewing uh, the upcoming game, the opener. I think that the Jets do have a couple advantages and also think they have some disadvantages. Um, I, I'm going to start with the advantages and then we could just, you know, we could just, well, I'll just open it up to you guys. I think the interior D-line of the Jets versus the interior O-line of the Panthers is advantage Jets. Um, just I, <laughs> like, like no disrespect. I just like Foley, Q, and Sheldon versus Matt Elfline, Matt Paradis, and Dennis Daly. I will not even lie to you guys. I don't know much about Dennis Daly, but I do know that he's banged up, so Deontay Brown might be starting. And if you guys have listened to this podcast, you know how we feel about Deontay Brown. All you got to do <laughs> he got is – He was getting manhandled. And I think oh, yeah. like with, with the speed rushing of Q and Sheldon Rankins, it could be a long day for Deontay Brown if – if he doesn't get his hands on them. And I think even if he does, these are grown men and these are some big boys that, that, uh, that are super explosive. So I love the, the entire Jets. I even like Nathan Shepard in, in some of those matchups. And Matt even brought it up to me because we, I think it was maybe two years ago that we were saying that maybe Matt Paradis, Paradis, Paradis should be. Would, yeah, in. him and like Feliciano, I think from the, yeah. with the bills now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so he's been having a tough goal of it since he's been down there. So I think that that's advantage Jets. Um, what do you think? What do you guys feel about that matchup, Matt? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm expanded because I, I think outside of Taylor Moten on that left side, I think they're playing them. I think we have the advantage at at every position across that defensive line. I'm sorry. Yeah, Moten, Moten is playing right tackle. Cam oh, Irving. Cam Irving is a left tackle. All right. Well, I've seen enough from Cam Irving to know that he ain't a top guy, and I'm not too too concerned. Now, is he a decent tackle? Sure, but I think outside of Moten, I think we have the advantage across the uh, the defensive line going against our offensive line. I mean, I think first of all, you brought up Deontay Brown. Deontay Brown got benched in a preseason game because he got five straight penalties on five straight plays. That is disgusting, and I think that he might bad. be. Yeah, he might be starting. So let's hope he does start. Now he is a massive human being, 100%. Which, is, which is great, and he takes up some space. But I'm gonna be honest with you: massive human beings aren't, you know, Q is a massive human being. He's nimble as hell. Foley's so, a massive human being. Yeah. So I think that when you look at, I think they got what Elfline, potentially Deontay Brown, and Paradis. Paradis graded out as one of the worst centers in, in the NFL last year. He's been awful since signing that contract with them and, and not coming to us, which is fine with me, but. I just think that the combination of, of, you know, the fresh legs between swapping in Nathan Shepard and Foley on the run game and then bringing in a monster like Sheldon Rankins was, what, two years ago with the Saints? I think he, he had like somewhere seven and a half, eight and a half sacks, something like that for them, if not more. I think just the, it's going to eat them alive from the inside out. And if we've seen one thing 
from our, you know, adversary, Sam Darnold on the other side is that he has very antsy legs in the pocket. And if you're pushing the pocket from the middle, like we anticipate, I think Q Quinn Williams could come right out and have three sacks in like the first half. If I, if I'm, uh, that's, that might be bold, but I think that he's just, he's going to manhandle him. But I don't know, man. I think that we have the advantage across the defensive line, uh, straight across. And I'm excited to see, uh, see the matchups. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I, outside of uh, Taylor Moten, they, they're barren, and we should take full advantage of that. Um, I, I suspect they'll run t- you know, different stunts and, and, and things of that nature to confuse those guys. Because, I mean, of the five people they have on the line, four of them are new. Four of them are new, unfamiliar, and, you know, I, I do think that that the Jets should, will, and should take full advantage of it. Y'all talked about Q. Y'all talked about Foley. Y'all talked about rankings. Like, I think everybody who gets in will, will, will make some type of noticeable play. It may not be a sack. You know, it may not be a big tackle for loss, but, you know, it could be a, a QB hurry, a QB hit, you know, blow up a, a, a run at the line of scrimmage, you know, a big third down stop on third and one, you know, some anything. I, I think – with with the advantage that we have, we should control the line of scrimmage when they're on offense. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I agree, and I think especially if um, if Deontay Brown starts, I think they're going to definitely run some stunts because I think if you get that guy's feet moving laterally, then it just he just becomes a turnstile, just a very big, strong turnstile. But I think that they, uh, I think, I think Q wins that matchup all day, every day. That's just how I'm feeling about it. Um, let's see. Uh, the second matchup that I have, I have the Jets wide receivers versus their corners. Um, just because I just think the entire room. So granted, JC Horn, um, their first round pick is probably going to be on Corey Davis. Then you got Dante Jackson is going to be on the X, which is Keenan Cole. I think, and I believe they're, um, they're Nichols, Bryce Callahan, correct? No, 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 I don't think so. Okay. But, uh, uh, I, I, something so, pride or something like that, or I know Keith, Keith, Keith. Well, I'm looking. Uh, I just pulled up their their depth chart. Keith Taylor and Stanley Thomas Oliver. That's Those the guy. There. Okay, so I like that guy. I, I'll be honest. I don't know much about him, but I like Elijah Moore and Jamison Crowder versus exactly. either of those two guys. That's how I'm feeling. So I think just as a whole, their group versus our group, I like our chance is better than that. Cause you know, we still don't know what JC Horn is going to be, even though he does look like he's the goods. We, I'm still going to go with the veteran and Corey Davis, Keelan Cole versus Dante Jackson. We'll say that that's a wash, but those third and fourth receivers, I think that, um, I think that those guys are really going to eat. Um, so I have that as, as the second, as the second advantage uh, positional group wise for the Jets. Uh, how you feeling about that, that matchup TK? I, uh, I agree. Um, and the the crazy part is that's that's their advantage as well, you know, with us. Um, and I, you know, we we know how we know Robbie. If Robbie don't do nothing in his world, he can run the nine route like nobody's business. Now, will Sam get it to him? Who knows? We've seen. No, no, yeah, we're talking about our our wide Yeah, no, no, that's, oh, that's okay, what I'm saying. Okay, like, got you, got you. like, like what what I'm saying is like. They have the same advantage, you know, against us as we have against them. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, gotcha. 
because you know we know our cornerback situation. Um, so the the key is, and we talked about it earlier, Q and the rest of them up front to help neutralize that. And I think it'll be the same with them. But yeah, I like our wide receivers against their cornerbacks, um, against their their secondary as a whole. You know, uh, I'm uh, Jeremy Chin. He, you know, he can play, but this is he's a second year guy, so you know he's susceptible to 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 make mistakes and, and get big plays and, and all of that. And if you watch Elijah Moore run routes, then you know he can kill anybody right now. So yeah, I I, I do like us versus them in, in that wide receiver versus cornerback aspect. Uh, yeah. I, like you said, they, we have the same advantage in wide receiver to cornerback as they have kind of to us. I, I would agree. I think Dante, Jack, uh, it was Dante Jackson. If I'm yeah, not Dante. Mistaken. Yeah. Dante Jackson got roughed up last year and he was coming off a good year. He got roughed up pretty bad and he was a number one cornerback. So, I mean, he's, I would assume that JC Horn's probably going to follow follow Corey Davis around, if I'm being honest. And so. Corey Davis is a phys- a very physical wide receiver. J.C. Horn might not have seen quite as physical of a wide receiver in college at, at South Carolina. So, I mean, that's kind of, to me, that's a toss-up. You really don't know what you're going to get. I mean, Corey Davis, if we're being honest, should go out there and he should dominate that matchup because he's a veteran. He knows how to, you know, use his body, control his body up in the air and, and whatnot. But, I mean, all right, I'll call that a toss-up. Keelan Cole is savvy with the route running. Dante Jackson struggled with good route runners last year. He struggled in man man coverage last year. So I would be very, very I would highlight that matchup if I'm being honest, just because I think he struggles with shifty wide receivers, and we're gonna we're gonna see it. So I like that matchup, the Keelan Cole versus Dante Jackson. I just think that the slot corner, um, um the slot corner matchup is just gonna be a win for us no matter what. I don't think it matters. I think Elijah, I think the biggest issue we're gonna have why we will have issues in this matchup will be because we're not giving the quarterback enough time in the pocket. But other than that, I like, I like our matchup across the board. I think that that Corey Davis could dominate JC. I think Dante Jackson might struggle with Keelan Cole. And, you know, you don't even know Elijah Moore could line up on the outside. If you can somehow buy Zach Wilson enough time to give Elijah Moore to get in and out of his breaks, you know, Elijah Moore could, could make him look funny. But uh, I think the other thing that I want to highlight is we got to take some shots downfield. Jeremy Chin's a really good safety, but a lot of his money was made in the box. Yeah. His coverage skills have really yet to be tested unless it's, you know, help over the top. So, you know, like you said, TK, there's going to be some opportunity there. And Jeremy Chin, you know, especially if he's, if we go four wide and he's lined up, you know, against one of Jameson Crowder or Elijah Moore, it's, that's a mismatch as much as, you know, we would say Elijah Moore against their, their slot corner is. So, that's I, I totally agree. I think that we have the advantage in this matchup for sure. And I'm just hoping that our offensive line could buy us enough time. And I'm sure we're going to transition into that matchup. Um, I'm hoping that our offensive line could buy us enough, buy us enough time to uh, find our wide receivers. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I think that they're going to I think the reason that they have all these speedy guys and these guys can get open quickly is because they're definitely going to be throwing the ball a lot and they're going to be throwing it quick. And that's why, that's why guys like Jeff Smith made the team. That's why Braxton Berrios made the team. They're going to put a lot of pressure on this defense through the year after they've definitely established a run. So I like that too. Um, I'm going to go over to, to some of the disadvantages. Obviously we already kind of talked about this. I think that their wide receiver core versus the Jets cornerbacks. I think that that's going to be, I mean, it's going to be paramount that the Jets 
pass rush get to Sam Darnold? And I think uh, that, that's one of my paths to victory, so we could touch on that. Uh, just looking at their wide receiver core, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall Jr., uh, they they they've got some they got some good guys over there. So I think that is going to be it's going to be extremely important for the Jets to try and control that run game and get to Sam Darnold as, as quickly as possible because it could turn into a really long day if you give Robbie Anderson enough time to to you know go up against Bryce Hall or, or any of them. So I think maybe Brandon Eccles draws that that assignment just because he's he's super he's physical and fast and he can run down there. And um, Bryce Hall is more of a, a bigger corner, maybe. But DJ Moore has wheels, too. So I think that's just going to be a tough matchup all around. So I think that the Jets' corners are going to be uh, in for a long, long day on Sunday if they can't get to Sam Darnold. So uh, what do you guys have to add on on that matchup? I think that's a disadvantage, a big one. Yeah, I just I just hope that uh, Jeff Oberg doesn't call a zero blitz <laughs> and leave a corner out there on, on with Robbie Anderson or Terrence Marshall, both running, you know, th- four, three. So yeah, like, man, again, they, they do have speed. Um, it all hinges on, on the, the uh, defensive line neutralizing that speed and helping out the young corners and have Sam seen as many ghosts as possible. Have him seen as many jets in his face as possible to uh, keep that speed at bay, man, because <laughs> the boys can fly. And we 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 saw Robbie firsthand. Yeah, I mean, listen, they have, you know, Terrace, even though Terrace ran that sub 404, he doesn't play that fast, but he's still a uh a, a yak monster he can be, and he's a he's a go up and get a 50-50 ball beast. But yeah, they even got Shy Smith, so they have speed. I think he's hurt. Shy Smith? Yeah, I think he I, okay. I don't think he's playing. But I mean, nonetheless, that wide receiver core is, is lethal. DJ Moore's been I think that Robbie and DJ Moore were thousand yard receivers last year. Yep. And you know what the one thing that should concern us in this matchup is that we, you know, when Robbie was with the Jets, he was asked to run a very minimal route tree. It was pretty much run the nine or run like a deep post or something like that. He's developed that route tree now. He's running over the middle, not scared nearly as much as he was with us running the quick slants over the middle, the, the underneath routes. And he, in addition to out routes, deep posts and nine routes. So I think that's a super concerning thing because I think that this could be one of those games where Robbie just, we've seen it as Jets fans. It will be that one game where Robbie gets two catches, but they're two 70 yard touchdowns. So it's, it's going to be a tough matchup. Um, I don't, think we really have a corner that can keep up with either DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson speed. If I'm being honest, I just, just, Eccles. just yeah, Eccles. But again, he's a rookie. You don't really, you know, yeah. know what you're going to get. You just know he has the straight line speed, but we don't know how it's going to play against what I would argue is what probably a top five fastest wide receiver in the NFL and in a top 10, 15 wide receiver in all of the NFL. So, I mean, you, you don't know how it's going to play, but to your point, TK, this really the, the idea is, is that if our defensive line, which we feel we have the advantage, you know, against their offensive line, can get to the quarterback and make Sam uncomfortable, we've seen it a billion times as Jet fans. We've seen him roll out to the right and throw the ball across his body. Hell, his first damn pass in the NFL was a rollout and throw all the way across the field. So I'm sorry. If our defensive line can make him on. Un- yeah, exactly. So if our defensive line could get after him, give him happy feet in the pocket early, which – the preseason proved to me that he still has those happy feet regardless, then I, I think that this won't be nearly the disadvantage as we think it is. 
And that's what we kind of, as Jets fans, have to watch and bank on. And that's really one of the paths to victory, if we're being honest, is can our defensive line get after Sam and make him uncomfortable? Because we all can agree we do not have the advantage when it comes to their wide receivers versus our corners. Strictly not because the talent's out there, just because of the experience, the in-game experience isn't there. And that's the scary part. Yeah, for sure. I think um, just moving on, I think the other positional group that it's at a disadvantage is definitely – uh, I don't even have to say running backs, but it's Christian McCaffrey versus the linebackers. We kind of alluded to it in the previous segment. I think that Christian McCaffrey is arguably a top five player in the NFL. And I think that almost he's going to be, he's going to have the advantage almost over every positional group in the NFL, barring, you know, maybe the Colts or the Niners or something like that, just because maybe those, those all world talents neutralize each other. I think it's going to be paramount for CJ Mosley to cover Christian McCaffrey and stay in the, his vicinity as much as possible, but it could, it could get, it could get ugly. Uh, if you start matching up Christian McCaffrey versus Hamza one-on-one or, or, or even, even Mosley one-on-one, it, it could get uh, pretty ugly pretty quickly. So I have that as one of the matchups that, that you have to, pay attention to because you don't want McCaffrey to go off for 140 yards on the ground and adding 90 yards and eight receptions in the passing game. So I highlighted that as one of the, as one of the disadvantages for the Jets. How are you guys feeling about that matchup? TK. So I said McCaffrey and the, and the linebackers. Yeah. Um, well, again, man, you, you, you can't stop it. All you can do is hope to contain it. And that's that. I mean, of course, they got the advantage, man. Um, but I also think that they would have to, they, they have the ability to scheme to slow him down, to, to really bother him. Because again, their interior line is, is just shot. Okay. So that can work to our advantage to, to, to slow him down you know, changes of some of the play calls and force them to, uh, you know, throw the ball more than what they wanted to. But, you know, I think outside of Derrick Henry, I don't think there's another home run hitter as, 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 as bad as McCaffrey running the ball. Maybe Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, don't we don't know about Saquon. Maybe Alvin Kamara. Kamara. Oh, Kamara. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, you know, his his skill sets puts him at the rarest of the rare. We're talking about a dude who can get you a thousand and a thousand. So, yeah, they ain't gonna have their work cut out for man. Um, and and that's just that's just the the, the brutal truth of it all. You know, advantage Panthers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as far as McCaffrey running the ball, I'm not nearly as concerned. But like you said, linebackers versus McCaffrey scares the hell out of me. And to be honest with you, our third or fourth corner against McCaffrey scares the hell out of me. Exactly. Javelin Gidry versus McCaffrey scares me. I mean, Isaiah Dunn, who's, you know, I think he's bigger than uh, Gidry is. Isaiah Dunn being the fourth corner versus McCaffrey scares me. So, I mean, as far as that's concerned, but, you know, the only aspect of Christian McCaffrey where we might have an advantage is the ability to, to stuff the run. But then again, McCaffrey's exactly like Saquon. Saquon always gets his yards for the most part. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You can just hope to contain him. He's going to find the hole. He's going to pull off chunk plays at least one or two, three, maybe four a game. So, I mean, if we're being honest, that's probably out of all the matchups, 
like we've mentioned, that's the scariest one in my opinion. Because the other ones, you, there's ways to kind of nullify it with McCaffrey. It's just containing. And, yeah. I mean, realistically, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I think in the NFL, Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, as far from a weapon standpoint, I think they're the greatest weapons in the NFL. Like, you, sure. could, I, you could line both of them up. They could they could start at, at slot for almost any team in the NFL. And they, they're also the top, what, top four running backs in the league. So, I, I just love both of their games. So, um, I think now we could just talk about the paths of victory and I'll just, I won't put you guys on the spot. Maybe you guys can formulate some together or I'll just name mine and then we could just, we could just build off those unless you guys have any paths to victory. No, so no. I think for this, yeah, for this week, I think it's going to be all about the interior rush. I think that the Jets have to get in Sam Donald's face. We, we've, you know, we've seen three years of Sam Donald to know how to beat him, get him off platform, make him, uh, make him move his feet make it give him a few things to worry about. As long as you get around Sam Darnold's feet and you get him rolling out to the pocket, which he likes to do, because even though a lot of people think that he's that he's good at rolling out, if he has to frantically roll out, you know, against his, you know, against play design, he's gonna give you the ball. So I think that interior rush is going to be supremely important. Um, my second note was get Sam off his marks. So if it's a two-step drop, turn it into a four-step drop. If it's a five-step drop, get him off-centered, make him make him roll out, make him leave the pocket. Obviously, this is going to be a path to victory every week for me. Control the line of scrimmage, uh, especially with your rookie quarterback. Definitely, you want to give him time. We want to get we want to get out of the ball, uh, get get rid of the ball quickly. We want to establish the run on defense. Uh, we just all gas, no break. Just keep it going. Uh, stay in the quarterback's face. Keep fresh legs in. And um, uh, for the D-backs, limit, limit big plays. Limit big plays for the uh, DBs and make your field goals. That, those, are my, those are my paths to victory. Um, uh, what do you guys got? We can either build off those or you can give me a pass to victory, Matt. Uh, my biggest thing is something that you didn't mention, and I don't think we really mentioned at all, was contain Brian Burns by all means necessary. Yeah, I mean, McCon- coach, but yeah. Yeah, I, same thing, but I think just highlighting specifically the one player that I think could potentially ruin anything going on is Brian Burns. They're going to move him around. I'm sorry. Like, we, I know he's been lining up more against the right tackle probably because of, you know, the advantages that he might have been, you know, a per, I would say he's a premier pass rusher in the NFL or he's damn near close to it. So I think Brian Burns is the one player that really scares me. I think the interior of the offensive line, uh, AVT and and McGovern are going to have to do a good job of combination blocking against Derek Brown, who's one of the better run stoppers in the NFL. Not so much a pass rushing threat. But if I'm being honest, Brian Burns scares me. They're going to move him against Becton probably because they heard the struggles he's had against you know pass rushers, even though we've all kind of deciphered that it's because of the new techniques he was working on and he's looked dominant in all the preseason snaps he's taken. But they're going to be doing it. They're going to try to exploit it. I think that that's one of the biggest paths to victory is being able to give Zach time to, even if it is a three-step drop, give him enough time to get to that third step and stay in timing with his wide receivers. Because we've seen in preseason, he's hitting these guys out of the break on perfect timing. Three-step drop, he's getting the ball to the wide receiver on the break. So if you can at least give him the precise amount of time he needs to get the ball out of out of you know his hands, I think we'll be good to go. I think the only other thing I could think of is – and it combines with this is you're going to, you're going to probably want to have a lot of Tevin Coleman on those running on those, uh, those, you know, three, five, seven step drops, 
strictly because he's probably one of the more proven pass block uh, pass blocking running backs in the NFL. You're, there's no doubt in my mind you're gonna need a need the running back in the backfield to chip either Hassan Reddick or chip Brian Burns on the way out. So I mean, if if you know you already touched on all the all the paths of victory, mine is just highlight Brian Burns, know where he is on at all times. Highlight Hassan Reddick, know where he is, and. and make sure that they don't single-handedly ruin your game plan. Cause I think that the talent on the outside at wide receiver is more than enough to beat their secondary, but the talent across their defensive line really scares me. And we got to make sure that if there's anything we can, we control it's, it's the pass rushers they have. So you guys, uh, you know, you guys pretty much covered everything that I had to say. Like if you, few days ago, I did, you know, my four keys to victory video that I had started doing last season. And you guys touched on pretty much all of them, except this one thing. And that is we need for uh, Zach and uh, Mike to be on the same page. Like we need for Zach to play within the system, play within his himself. Don't try to push it. You know, don't try to, you know, take what's not there. Just, just, you know, abuse the defense with whatever they give you and take shots, you know, when they present themselves. And, you know, we just need Mike to uh, make the play calls that will put Sam and company in the right positions to win, their one-on-ones. And, you know, we do that. The the offense will be damn good, man. I I think they can pull it out. Sure. All right. Predictions for this this weekend. Matt, what you got? Score. Just find the score prediction. Just final score. Oh, you yeah. put me on the spot. 24-17. Jets? Yep. All right, Cyrus? Yeah. I I think it I think it's 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 uh 23. 23 17. Weird score. Okay. Nah, it's it's right. it's two touchdowns, three field goals. All right, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Matt Amendola showing out. Yeah, yeah. I, I drafted him by the way. <laughs> okay. I'm going um I'm going 30 27 Jets. Oh, you got Ooh, a wow. barn burner. Okay. That, that, that's a good one. Just because it's a high scoring affair, which we kind of just highlighted that they have a lot of weapons. So but yeah. one thing I a will lot say of, a lot of weapons. And I think that we're gonna be surprised. I think there's gonna be at least half a dozen big plays by both teams. Wow. I'm just happy they don't got Curtis Mar- uh, Curtis Marshall. Sam. Sam. Oh, man, yeah. it'd be a problem. God, they, 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 Sam Donald would have nothing to complain about. Also, kudos to Sam for not throwing the Jets under the bus, even though he had every opportunity to today. Just saying. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, shout out to Sam, man. Sam, Sam took <laughs> Sam took a beating, man, on the field and off the field. And he he's a he's a high character guy, man. So I'm really like, like I like I told you after he got traded, man. I'm rooting for Sam. Just not Every, week one. Yeah, exactly. After from week two on, I want Sam to resurrect his career because um, he definitely did, you know, the franchise. And this is a totally different franchise now, but the Jets did not do right by Sam Darnold. So I definitely uh, want him to, to be successful, just not this week. So. All right. We got three Jets dubs. We got to, we got to tally. Definitely. 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 So I think that, um, I think that we'll be pleasantly surprised this weekend. I know it's been a while since I've been able to say it. I'm actually like looking forward to this game where last last year I was just watching just to just I don't know, just to put yeah, just to punish. You were out by week five. 
Oh, no, 100. Listen, when people were saying that they were going to go to the playoffs, I said, this team is only winning four games, guys. And everybody was like, you're being negative. But it turns out I was wrong. Yeah, exactly. But listen, man, I'm super excited. I think that this is the first step in the right direction for this team. I also think that this is going to be a huge time for this podcast. So I'm looking forward to it. So guys, on behalf of Matt, TK, I'm Amari. This has been the Flight Day Podcast. Hold on. One more thing. I forgot to say this. Uh, every week I'll be giving you my fantasy picks for the Jets versus whoever they're playing. And this week, your fantasy play is Corey Davis. He's going to have five receptions, 90 yards with a touch. You heard it here. Boom. All right. This is episode 34. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace.